Hey, welcome to the Healthful Woman Podcast, the fastest growing podcast in women's health. Today's Tuesday, March 14th, 2023. Here we are on a Tuesday. Today is part two of Brianna's birth story, which is being redropped as part of our mini series on GI issues, what we're calling Gut Check. If you didn't hear part one from yesterday, make sure to listen to that one first. Today, Brianna is going to talk about her postpartum course, and we also have a long conversation about mental health and how important it is. Next week, Dr. Asher Kornbluth is going to join me to talk about Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. That was a real treat for me. Asher's awesome. Reminder for everyone listening on Apple or Spotify, please do rate us. And if you can send in some comments, we would love it. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. We'll see you on Monday. Welcome to today's episode of Healthful Woman, a podcast designed to explore topics in women's health at all stages of life. I'm your host, Dr. Nathan Fox, an OBGYN and maternal fetal medicine specialist practicing in New York City. At Healthful Woman, I speak with leaders in the field to help you learn more about women's health, pregnancy, and wellness. I'm just curious, did that experience, both the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, all that, did that change your your OCD as related to medical care, you know, the medical anxiety, the OCD regarding medicine? Do you feel like it's better, like it's worse? I'm just curious. I do think it's better. Um, I mean, my best friend, she's my best friend of like 18 years and 20 years, I guess. She told me, she's like, I can't believe you go to the doctor now. Like I'll willingly make a doctor's appointment. But I'm also fortunate that I still go to my OB. Like if I need anything with my like medication adjusted. I go to her. I haven't necessarily reached mm-hmm. out to like a primary care physician yet, but I do think it helped a lot in that I now know, I think I was just really scared that all doctors were this, like I'd had some bad experience with doctors when I was a little bit younger. And, um, and now I know that there are really great doctors who are patient and aren't going to make me feel dumb or anything like that. So I think it did help a lot. She probably helped a lot, like getting her as my OB helped because I think now I could probably, I see myself being able to go to the doctor for things now that that's done. And also I feel like I survived that. Like I can do anything. Like that's what it feels like. It feels like I basically lived my worst fears Yeah. and I lived. So I feel like I can, I like, what's another doctor's appointment now? That's kind of like my thought process. It's such an important topic and such an important lesson because, you know, you're describing a situation where, you know, here you are, you know, you're a good person, you're a conscientious person, you're pregnant, you're not well, but you just aren't able to sort of go to the doctor or navigate doctor's appointments the same way as let's say everyone else would. And it's because Mm -hmm. of, it's a mental health condition. You have, you have OCD, you have anxiety. These are real. And you're describing a situation where some people sort of understand that and are able to work with you and, you know, to get you through it and to help you. And you feel very you know, you have a connection to them, you feel grateful to them, they're caring for you and other people who are, who can't. And definitely there's people who are listening who are thinking like, well, oh my God, like, of course it's so hard to take care of her, but they would never oh, say yeah. this, yeah, but they would never say the same thing if you said, I'm blind, right? Yeah. And I, you mm-hmm. know, I was born with, you know, I can't see. And so when I go to the doctors, it's very difficult because I can't see the blood pressure cuff. I can't see the signs. I have to have someone help me through. And they said, and no one would say, oh, it's so hard to take care of her. Like, oh, you know, they would say, oh, my God, like, I feel horrible. It's like, she, you know, it's hard. She can't see. Like, we have to help her. And I think that this is like part of the conversation about what it means to have, you know, an understanding of mental health. It's not just, oh, we should like be kind to people who have, 
you know, mental health conditions. It's that it presents logistical challenges to sort of typical things. And just like we would accommodate someone who can't see or can't hear or is in a wheelchair or whatever it is, we have to understand that these are, you don't wish this upon yourself. You're not trying to be anxious or trying to have OCD. You just have it. Like it's, what are you supposed to do? Like you do your best. And it's up to us to try to accommodate and try to do the best we can to help you navigate the system under those circumstances. And I tell her every time I see her, I told her I was doing this podcast too. And she was like, that's so great. It'll be very healing for you. And, you know, I was like, I just can't wait to sing your praises too, because she just was, I mean, I told her, I was like, I don't know that I'd be here if you weren't here to help me. Cause I don't know, like, I've never felt lower than you. It, there's some, it's a special kind of like, I don't know, like hell, I guess mm-hmm. to be in, to be so sick and not be able to take care of yourself. And you just feel like, I mean, it really feels like you already deal with your anxiety, but then you're so sick every day that it's like, it's never, you feel like it's never going to get better. And then I'm thinking, oh my gosh, my baby's probably really sad because I'm really sad, you know, and I'm just feeling so low, but she was there constantly for me. So patient, so kind, never made me feel bad. And I mean, she did, she would tell me all the time, it's not your fault. Like, it's not your fault. You're scared. <laughs> like, you don't have to apologize because I'd always be like, I'm crazy. I know I'm, I'm just crazy. I'm I know it's so silly. It's so stupid. And never once did she agree with that, obviously. And so, I mean, it is important because I know, you know, from reading other forums and stuff that there are, I'm not the only person who deals with this kind of like specific, you know, anxiety. I don't think it's as prominent as other types, but I know that I'm not the only person. And so, you know, I hope people know that you're not stupid and hopefully they can find doctors that help don't make them feel that way either, because that was so important, you know, to, I don't, I really don't know if I would have made it if I would have had somebody who maybe didn't believe me or who made me feel like silly. Um, and so, I mean, it is, it's real. It's, it's, it's debilitating. It can be debilitating. I've, I've had to quit jobs before, you know, it's debilitating what it does to your life. So, you know, to even be a little bit better now is a big deal to me. (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to give her, do you want to give her a shout out by name? Yes, her name is Dr. Katie Shannon, and she works at Just for Women Health in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Her, she is wonderful. She is young, and so I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, you picked such a young doctor." I think she's probably like thirty-five or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was great. She was such a. It was. I mean, it was such a great experience that I said I would never have another baby after this, but. You know, I she makes me want to consider it because <laughs> wow. I feel like we could do it again together. <laughs> wow, Dr. Katie Shannon, strong work. Really, it's not it's not easy. But again, I think that it's it's all a part of this idea that we doctors, we in healthcare, we in society, all of us, we have to really accept the fact that mental illness is something that's real, and it's not the person's fault that they have it, and it's not something they're trying to do, and We have to be reasonable and accommodating and caring and kind, just like we would for someone with any other health struggle. We don't get mad at people for having diabetes. We don't get mad at people for having cancer. Like we don't, it's not their fault, right? It's just something that is. And if someone has anxiety or OCD, that's what they have. That's who they are. I mean, every single day. I mean, when you say it's, it's, you're not alone, you are not alone. Every single day, I have more than one person patient tell me, I am so anxious. I'm so nervous. And some of them are just saying that like as a symptom, like, you know, they don't have a disorder, but they're just worried. But many of them have clinical anxiety. They're on medication, you know, whatever it is, whether it's as bad as you, not as bad as you. And I tell them, I say, 
we specialize in anxiety. Like everyone out there has anxiety. It's just a matter of how much in the waiting room, right? And in some people, it's debilitating and other people, it's not. But it's real. And, you know, making people feel bad because of it, A, it's just mean, it's cruel. And B, it's completely unhelpful. It's not productive. Like, look at how, you know, you were able to sort of get through a healthy pregnancy because your doctor was understanding and it made it better for you. It actually made it healthier for you. Uh, I mean, I feel very strongly about this. And I just think that what you're describing is so important and to hear it from your end. And I mean, listen, you're, you're, you're lovely. We've never met, right? You're lovely. You're normal. You speak, you know, wonderfully. You're thoughtful. And you're saying, I have a severe disorder of anxiety and OCD, and that's who you are. Yeah, it's a very prominent, I mean, I think in the past few years, especially, I've been very vocal in general about it because I just feel, I do feel really strongly that it's not talked about enough and that people kind of have a very specific idea of the type of person who has OCD or the type of person who has, you know, depression or anxiety. And I'm like, you know, maybe you didn't know this about me, but this is something that rules my life a lot of the time, you know, and thankfully now I'm medicated and I feel a lot better, but, you know, I still have bouts of it, especially having like an infant. I get a little anxious about him. And by a little, I mean a lot all the time. (laughs) Um, You know, I get anxious over if he's sleeping enough. I get anxious over if he's eating enough, if he has reflux, if he, you know, I I mean, it's still there, but because she was proactive, um, you know, she told me you're going to, you're going to probably, you're very susceptible to postpartum depression. You know, you're probably going to want to start medication now. And she did that. And so now I'm on that. And it helps a lot. I mean, I can't imagine what I would be like if I didn't have it. It feels like a lot of times maybe I just have regular people anxiety now, like new mom anxiety and not like this intense, you know, going to lose it all the time anxiety. And so, but I appreciate you saying that. And I, I'll, I've, like I said, I've listened to all the episodes and everybody always sings your praises about how great you are and patient you are. And so I think that's wonderful. And that's kind of why I wanted to do this, tell my story here, because I mean, I was like, who better? Like somebody else says out there, like, you know, my doctor who is understanding and kind and, um, you know, I just really appreciate it. I appreciate what you do, even though obviously we've never met, but yeah, no, I'm sure I could be, I'm sure I could be better at it. I mean, obviously there's always room for improvement, but it's, I've said many times, it's one of the things I've learned the most about in my career. And that I feel that like where I am now compared to where I was, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you know, in terms of like my you know, hand-eye skill levels and surgical, all right, I'm a little bit better in terms of my knowledge base and experience, all right, I'm a little bit better. But in terms of understanding mental illness and, you know, helping people with and working with people who have mental illness, it's just light years. I've learned so much more in practice than I ever did in training. And I just think it's one of these things that you, you don't really understand until you're doing it. And you're working with people and you have to just it's just the reality and it's important. You said that you were still working through the trauma of your birth. What what was it that was traumatic? Was it going through sort of like facing the anxiety you were up against or was it anything in particular that you maybe could have gone back and changed that would have made it less traumatic, you think? Um, I think it's kind of, um, so I have this, like in my brain in general, I try not to... Um, I kind of don't get, I don't have a lot of expectations. I try not to set up a lot of expectations and that's translated kind of into motherhood too, which is another story, but I've tried not to set a lot of expectations for things. So I kind of, you know, was very, oh, whatever happens, happens. But I 
my biggest fear, you know, was having to have a C-section. That's my biggest fear. It was my biggest fear. I didn't want to have surgery. I've never had surgery. And, you know, so then it was like, when they told me I had to have that, I was like, oh my God, you know, this is like it. It just, knowing I had to do it was extremely traumatic and hard for me to deal with, but I got over it. You know, once the baby was here, I was fine. They told me everything's good. I didn't have cancer. (laughs) (laughs) What really I think was traumatic was the postpartum, you know, the preeclampsia with the a doctor that wasn't as patient and kind, um, obviously in that way, I just think we didn't mesh. It wasn't that she was a bad person. Um, it was just that we weren't good together. And that's what my doctor had said. She apologized the next day, like two days later, you know, profusely. She's like, I think, you know, obviously they just didn't know your situation. And like, I wish I could have been there. I would have done anything to have been there. And I think that, you know, my husband having to leave and I'm all alone with my baby. I've never, I'd never even changed a diaper until I had an infant, you know, so I didn't know what I was doing. I was terrified. Part of what was happening in the hospital when I was there for the, with, on the mag drip was that they would, um, it kind of felt, I don't know, the best way I can think of to describe it is the way my best friend described it while she was sitting there is it was kind of like, you know, a horse when they would dangle the carrot in front of the horse to like make it do things. And then they would pull it away kind of like a cruel joke. It kind of felt like that because they would come in and say, you're going to go home today. If we can get your blood pressures down. Now, if we can get them, if you can calm down and if you can just breathe and you can go home. And so it felt like a game almost that I couldn't win. And so I dealt with a lot of like, I think I deal with a lot of, a little bit of PTSD. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also making you feel guilty. Like, like it's your fault. Your blood pressure is high. It's the same thing. Like, like if only you could get your blood pressure to go down, like how the hell am I supposed to do that? <laughs> and so they would like flip me on my side and they'd be like, no, don't watch anything. Don't listen to anything intense on your oh, podcast dear. and just close your eyes. You know, you got, and then they'd come in and be like, see what happens when you're calm, your blood pressure went down. And I'd be like, okay, well, let me see if I can do it again. You know what? I'd be like, sobbing and then at you know at the end of that day they'd be like sorry it's still going up you gotta you gotta stay and I was like oh no and that's when I was like I'm going home I don't care I literally was like I don't care if I stroke out in the parking lot I'm leaving get me out of this bed I'm going home and then eventually they did manage to get it down and but yeah I think that's kind of where it came from it was just like a really mean game that obviously they weren't trying to be mean but it was just really hard on me I it felt like I was never going to get to go home because I'm also a worst case scenario person. My anxiety makes me like that. And so I was like, oh my God, I'm just going to have to be in the hospital forever. And this is just like, I'm not going to get to home with my baby and I'm not going to get to see my husband. And you know, I want to be in my own bed. And it was very traumatic. And so I'm still kind of working through all of that as a whole. I think also I'm really scared to throw up now because, Mm. (laughs) you know, I was so sick. So anytime I get a little bit nauseous, I'm really scared that I'm going to throw up you know, I don't want to throw yeah. up. I don't want to get sick again. And so, um, the whole thing was kind of traumatic, honestly, the whole situation, the whole nine, eight months, I guess, but I'm trying, I'm working through it. Like I said, I'm, I see my doctor often. She's helpful. Um, I can message her anytime and she's really great, but I'm still kind of working through all of that, <laughs> that whole situation, that little situation. No yeah. That, that whole, that whole year long <laughs> situation. I, I, you know, I think when you're in the hospital and you're that, I think that, sort of the the more effective messaging is, listen, you have anxiety, have as much anxiety as you want. That's okay. We'll just make sure your blood pressure is not so high that it's going to harm you. And ultimately, yeah. it's just, what are you going to do? Tell them, like, don't, like, tell, like you said, don't worry. Don't be anxious. Like, that doesn't work. Like, when has that ever worked in the history of mankind, right? Telling someone's anxious, I'm don't be anxious, so right? So you just say, like, 
I would say the opposite. You're like, be anxious. It's fine. Like, you could be anxious. Be as anxious as you want. It's okay. You're allowed to be anxious. We'll just, like, you take care of your anxiety. Let, you know, let it roll. We'll take care of your blood pressure. Make sure you're safe. And it's all going to get better with time. And I think ultimately, you sort of, you know, you've been living this your whole life. You know how to self-soothe and sort of get yourself exactly. back into your, yeah. your routine. And as long as you know, like, all right, I'm not going to die because of this. All right, then it'll take some time. Yeah, that's really all I wanted to hear. You know, yeah. all I, w- I was just looking for like, hey, you know, you're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. And you're not going to like, we're going to make sure that you're fine. You know, we're going to take care of you. We're going to take, which is what my doctor, she was like, I'll take care of you no matter what. Like she had told me from the beginning, she's like, it's me and you to the end. Like we're going to get through it no matter what, no matter what happens. It's me and you, we're a team. And, you know, that was kind of like, what I was used to. And so, uh, it almost felt like we were like, they were, I was just like on my own kind of. Yeah, and so yeah. it was hard. It was like, again, I don't have, I don't hold anything against them. It's just, they probably weren't used to dealing with somebody who was like me, which is totally fair because I can't imagine having to deal with me. That would be a lot. Um, and so, um, you know, in the end it all worked out. And so I think, and my doctor had even said the further, I think you get out from the time from what happened, you know, the, better it'll be and it it definitely is as time is progressing it's definitely getting better it's further away now i'm able to kind of like let go of the you know that fear until you know if i have another baby then i guess that will have we'll have to cross that bridge then i don't know if i will or not but we'll see yeah no she's 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 young but she's very wise because that is that's really true you just you just need time and you spend time with your son and he's great and again these are these are long term things you're dealing with. It's not going to get fixed in a day. It doesn't work like that. And ultimately, the pregnancy did go well, uh, despite the fact it was very difficult for you and is traumatic. And the trauma part, you'll have to work through, absolutely. But ultimately, also, you still have a healthy baby and you got through it and you'll always know that. And that that is helpful. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's here and I tell him all the time, I'm like, you know, and people tell me, you know, you spoil your baby because I'm, you know, I hold them all the time and I'm very like attentive and very responsive, like to any like little cry or whine. And I'm like, we went through a lot together. Like me and him, we've been through it together. Like right now, like he, he understands, you know, and so he's here. We're best friends. You know, I stay at home now with him. And so, uh, you know, he's my little best friend and he's definitely was worth every, every puke every you know bursted blood vessel in my face every time I like would throw up and pee on myself because of it you know what I mean like every little moment like that uh the lack of sleep you know it is what it is like I don't really sleep much now because he's you know an infant um and I say all the time this is nothing compared to pregnancy like we can do it I can do anything now like it's if anything it gave me that motivation and that like belief in myself that like I can handle things like maybe I didn't think I could handle anything before but now I'm like oh okay I'm a little bit tougher than I thought I was I can totally do it it's great it's a great message to to all of us listening is there anything else you wanted to give over to any of our listeners no um other than you know I just hope that if there's even one person out there who's dealing with the same like similar thing that and like this was something that you know my doctor told me too was like you can always find somebody else if your provider isn't giving you what you feel like you deserve or if you don't feel like you're being treated the right way like you can always find somebody else like they're there to help you they are working with you for you you feel free to go and try out different ones you don't have to stick with somebody who is making you uncomfortable that's something that I found really important because I was really scared that that was what's going to happen with me and she had told me if at any point you don't agree we don't see you can find somebody else please do not you know 
don't feel like you're stuck here. I know there's got to be people out there who are also scared of doctors <laughs> and that to know you're definitely not alone and just be brave enough to find somebody who you mesh with because they're out there. You guys are out there. You guys, great doctors are there who are patient and kind and understanding and you just have to look, but they do exist. <laughs> Absolutely do exist. Wow. Brianna, thank you so much for volunteering. I mean, you really put yourself out there to talk about your pregnancy and your mental health and you know, your anxiety and OCD. And a lot of people are have a very difficult time talking about that to others and in public. And I think it's great. I mean, obviously someone doesn't want to do that. That's that's fine too. But I just think it's great that you're not just willing to do it, but you volunteer to do it. And not just like you said, for your own therapy, because yes, I do think that telling a story is therapeutic, but also to help others who are going through similar circumstances. And there definitely are. And many of them listen to this podcast, and I'm certain that you are helping them. So I, I really, really do appreciate it. It's not easy to do, but it's a real it's a real kindness to, to tell your story. And so we can all hear it. Thank you so much. And thank you for, you know, the podcast. Thank you for all the wonderful listening material while I'm up at 3am. But thank you so much for what you do, too. I can tell that it's helped. I mean, it's helped me so much hearing all these different people's stories. So I really appreciate it. And thank you for taking time to talk to me. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Healthful Woman podcast. To learn more about our podcast, please visit our website at www.healthfulwoman.com. That's H-E-A-L-T-H-F-U-L-W-O-M-A-N. Com. If you have any questions about this podcast or any other topic you would like us to address, please feel free to email us at hw at healthfulwoman.com. Have a great day. The information discussed in Healthful Woman is intended for educational uses only. It does not replace medical care from your physician. Healthful Woman is meant to expand your knowledge of women's health and does not replace ongoing care from your regular physician or gynecologist. We encourage you to speak with your doctor about specific diagnoses and treatment options for an effective treatment plan.